following is an encore episode of the Biz Tools Podcast. Any email addresses, web URLs, or other time-specific information may no longer apply. Please visit davidaspect.com for more information. Thanks for listening. Biz Tools Podcast, Episode 21. Welcome to the Biz Tools Podcast, practical advice for today's busy business leader. And now your hosts, David Speck and Jerry Frentress. Welcome to the Biz Tools Podcast. I'm Jerry Frentress, and here is... Not David Speck. Not David Speck. It is Sean Green. Correct. Where's David? David's on vacation. Lucky oh, him. man, that's sweet, isn't it? Isn't he on a cruise? He is on a I cruise. I told him... Gave me one tip, since I've been on a couple of them, don't fall overboard. That's a pretty vital tip. It is. It's a great one. So we're left to pick up the pieces, Jerry. And speaking of of vacations, that's kind of what we're going to talk about. Vacations. Vacations. Everybody should take one. Everybody should take one. Yeah. Except me. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, why why do you think somebody should take a vacation? Uh, To refresh themselves. Exactly. I I feel the same way. Think about something in else for a while people in our in our positions or in our our roles of leadership can get burnt out we're by nature it's it's hard because of who we are because we are leaders and we do enjoy what we do but i think anybody gets to a point and they reach critical mass if you will of what's going on in their head or what's going on around them and so i think taking a vacation is vital i've been i'm sure you have too you've been on the other side where you need a vacation and you don't take one it can lead to a lot of bad things such as the the aforementioned burnout where you just hit the wall and and say i don't care i'm done everybody else handle it or you are just going through the motions which can be even worse i think if in our position and what we do we can't afford that to be a to be a business leader you can't afford to go through the motions why not you know, if you if you go through the motions, you're not growing. What's the point of having a business if you're not growing and serving people and doing the best you can do? Mm-hmm. Well, as, as I mentioned to you uh, a few minutes ago, uh, I found myself, and I'm the old guy in the room. I'm a, a baby boomer, and uh, I don't know why, probably the, because of the way I was raised. I worried about my job all the time. And so I was reluctant to take a vacation for worry that when I return, I wouldn't have a job. There was always this worry thing going on. And then when other people went on vacation, they didn't plan very well. And so it, it ended up with me catching their, their, their work. Well, as do. the leader, that's your job. They think that's your job. So you don't like to take vacations. I like to work. You like to work. Ah, yeah. there we go. But tell me, you said something really interesting right before we came on air. You said how you how you approach a vacation, how it takes you a while to gear oh. down. Yeah, well, if it's a one week, I've never took. I have never taken more than one week at a time, and I've I'm amazed at people who can be gone for that long, uh, at any rate, or long like two weeks or so. What are you implying? And uh, nothing. I'm not implying anything, uh, but. It takes me uh, probably two days at least to get geared down 
and to enjoy whatever it is that I'm doing. I think, see, and, and I'm, and, and because I'm, you're the old guy, as you say, and I'm the young guy. Yeah. So to me, and I've noticed that this is not just me, it's my generation, vacations are almost a right in the working world. Yeah, you have lots of rights. Yeah, we do. We, we think we do. We'll that way. We think we it's do. It's my right to do this and my yeah. right to, and you know, vacation time is a gift. I don't yeah. have to yeah, let right. you off you for two weeks and it's a benef- pay you. It's a I'm benefit. Pay- yes. Thank you. It's a benefit. Yeah. You don't have to, to pay me to, to not be there, but it's viewed as a necessity for today's world. And and that's a reflection of who we are because we're so connected. We're so connected 24-7 that you know that you can get us when you need us and you know that you can communicate to us anytime you want to do whatever you want and we'll get the job done that we know that we need some period of time every year where we don't have that. And I think that's really just sort of a technological upbringing experience that that we feel like we have this right. It's not that we sit on a throne thinking we're above everyone else that we deserve this right. It's how it's it's a it's an outgrowth of how we were raised. Yeah, I think you're right. But I think uh, I, I really do accept the fact that you will be better uh, about what you do. You'll be refreshed, as I used earlier, uh, and should be coming back really geared up to do what you do. So I'll have a yeah. better employee. Yes. Now, that has been uh, that's hard for me to say because I have uh, had employees who go on vacation for two weeks, whatever it might be, then return to deliver their key and whatever else information that they have, and say, I found another job. So they spent their, their vacation, and this is a job topic. Hunting. And this is a topic you and I have talked about many times, uh, about the older generation, the baby boomers, the millennials, and, and talking about people coming back or coming in and saying, I'm gone, today's my last day, or maybe this is my last minute, and I'm out of here, type of thing. And I fully expect... I got to the point where I fully expected that I would get a call. I'm not coming back. I like it here in Hawaii or whatever they, wherever they went to. That's a, and they, I mean, that's, that's a possibility. But it's also a possibility on any, ever, any given day when they're in the office. Yeah. You don't know what they're doing they're, when they go they're, home. They're sipping on a Mai Tai in, in Hawaii after I paid them for two weeks of vacation time, and they're going to say, I like this kind of a lot. So uh, I won't be coming back to your dungeon. I find it funny that your your experiences have, have have changed your view in that way. See, to me, a vacation is like is like you said. It's a time to recharge. I don't like to work weekends at all. I, I enjoy that it's quiet here, that there's no one here, and I can work at my own pace, and I can listen to music, and I can watch TV or have the TV on in the background, whatever it may be, and not disturb anyone and, and work on my own time however to me weekends are a time when you are able to recharge you're able to relax and sort of take a break and get ready for the next week a vacation is a super size to that where you take a week two weeks however long it may be and you really sort of disconnect unplug you're going to have some thoughts that rattle around your head or at least i do i have thoughts of what's going on and what's happening in, in my job or project that I've been working on that rattle around and, and to, to leave them alone and they come back, I usually find I find a solution 
or something that needs to be done or changed or added to that. And it's very, and it's like you said, it's very refreshing. I come back and I feel energized, ready to go, ready to take on the world. Well, I keep thinking, but I'm even when I'm on vacation, mm-hmm. my head will, my brain will just keep on trucking down the road and work on these problems or challenges, as you call them. And uh, in that relaxed time, it's kind of like driving. Mm-hmm. When I get on Interstate 20 going to Dallas to see my daughter, all kinds of things go through my head besides driving and keep between the lines. Uh, and I, I like that. And vacations can do that, too. If you can't turn them off altogether, you can think about things in a different way uh, without being overwhelmed uh, by the things that are happening at the moment. So I, I agree. It's a positive thing for the employee and for the employer. One thing that I think that, that we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about would be how the employee can improve during their downtime, down during their vacation. I'm not saying you have to devote all of your vacation or even a significant portion of it to this, but let's say you're 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 at the beach, okay? California, you know, Florida, Gulf Coast, whatever it may be. You know you're on a beach house. You know you're going to have a, a six-pack of beer in the fridge if you do that. Um, your wife and kids are going to be at the beach. You're going to be at the on the, the porch, and you have nothing to do. Why not read? doesn't have to be a long one. doesn't have to be technical. You know, you guys have mentioned who moved my cheese. That's, that's readable within a couple of hours. So why not take a couple of hours of your time to, to better yourself? I agree. I would. I don't think it's vital, but we but we keep hearing from people that it's really hard to read. It's really hard to find time to read. When I get home, I'm tired. I have to take care of the kids. I have to do the dishes, et cetera, et cetera. Dave says it all the time. Yeah. We he's keep, not a big reader. Yeah. We keep hearing that. Apparently, he's not a little reader either. <laughs> <laughs> he reads plenty. Don't, don't let him I, fool I you. I got it. I got it. Yeah. But you 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 complain because you don't have time. Well, now you have just even a little bit of time. If you can just get one book in, that might be 100% more than you've done in the past year. Good idea. And usually for me, it's a book that I have been putting off, something yes. that I have yes. laying on my desk, uh, laying on the table in the, my office in there, and I keep seeing it every day and thinking, uh, but now I'm going stick to it, stick it in the suitcase and take it with me. Yeah, especially if you're on a plane. Lord knows you're going to need something to get you through that plane ride. Mm-hmm. Why not make it something worthwhile? Why not? I mean, you know, David, he's a great example. He read uh, the Steve Jobs biography, which is not self-help, not any sort of real definitive leadership thing. It's not, you know, by Bob Berg or uh, Michael Hyde or anything like that. But he did read the, the biography of um, Steve Jobs, and he came back with all these great, this great motivation he, he he saw what Steve Jobs did, his approach when he came back to Apple, and his his vision his his visionary that he was a visionary, and I think that really spoke to to him, and really got him excited for how to approach his business. So let's ask our audience: yeah. Do you take a vacation? Do they? I wonder. I hope so. Well, I hope so too. Uh, and I wonder if any, there are any businesses out there who have cut that out, who say, say that I'm not going to p- give you a paid 
vacation anymore. You're nodding your head like, you know that's true? Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, but you know, it's been in my life, I've seen so many things that we, we have taken for granted. Things that this comes with my job. Mm -hmm. These are the things you're going to give me. Everybody's going to give me the same same thing, and that's not true. Well, you and you even have some employees who won't come work for you if you don't offer them vacation time. Yeah, you wouldn't. You have yeah. to have it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we 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 get so many sick days. We get vacation time that's on a scale of how of the time you're with the company. It makes sense, but it's very it's very beneficial to have. And uh, I just think that you need that time to recharge and relax and refresh, maybe improve yourself, maybe not, maybe solve some problems and you not even know it. But one thing that's for sure when we talk about this, Jerry, is that when we leave as leaders, we have to make sure that our team has everything they need to succeed in our absence. And what does that come down to? communication. Dave Ramsey, I believe, says that good communication is intentional. Yes. You know, poor communication is never intentional. Yes. So let's say, as it's going to be happening for me soon, I'm going to be out of the country for two weeks. Yeah. I have to make sure that everybody that I'm going to deal with, both in the building and outside the building, knows that I'm going to be gone and how they can reach somebody if they need something, what they can do in my stead to keep the ship going forward, and that they'll have every bit of information and resources available to them that while I'm gone, they can get done what they need to get done. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of effort. A lot of work. Yes, planning. Planning, well, not just planning, but, but even communicating those things to, right. them, to that person. It's great to plan, and I think you have to do that and you have to take the time to do that. But if you don't let those people know, then it's all for naught. If you, uh, the, the first thing that goes through my head is when I learned uh, really seriously about the communication process, I think about, okay, we want to get what we have here. And I'm pointing at my head. If there's something in here between my ears and I want to send it to Sean, I got to get it out of here and I got to say it in such a way that you get it. But I've run in... Uh, over the years, I'm sure everybody has this. They've talked to people, and then later on, they're talking to that same person. And the person says, I didn't hear you say that. I didn't know that. And you know good and well you have described that to the person, but they didn't hear it. They didn't understand what it was that you were saying. Well, not only that, I think you have to reach them on their level. You, In your mind, it may have been exactly what you said, what you, what you repeated back. But to them, what you intended... It's not what you said. Somewhere between brain to mouth, it gets lost. And the person who hears it comes as a jumbled mess or some sort of mess, different message altogether. Again, good communication is intentional. And a lot of other things can get in between you and the other person. That yes. filters it. Yes. That causes it to go through and be turned all the, all the way around like the game of gossip when we did as kids that it would just be entirely different by the time it gets through all of this right. to this person. One thing I do is always ask Amanda, my reporter, whenever we have a big meeting and I talk to her about something, some big overarching plan or idea, I always ask her, do you, do you, know, where I'm, do you know what I mean? And if she says yes, I say, then do you have any questions? 
And if she says no, then I say, let me know if you need anything from me. If she doesn't know that I accept questions and ideas, then she won't, she won't, I guarantee you 99% of people will not come talk to you. Your, your employees and team members have to know that it's important to you for their communication. I remember walking down the hallway, large building, wide hall, and I, I came upon uh, Lisa Slade. She worked for me, great lady, and she blocked the hallway. She said, Jerry, how are you? I said, oh, fine. And she leaned over and she said, are you really? I said, oh. And I realized that I'm being interrogated by an employee and I said, Oh, I'm great. So I went from fine to great. I'm doing wonderful, da, da, da. And she said, she signaled for me to lean over and whispered into my left ear and said, if you're doing so damn good, alert your face. And I realized all of a sudden that there was more to the communication process than just my words. Yeah. And I went off and I found this uh, study that was done in California. And this guy had, uh, had a research project for his students to figure out what makes up the communication process. And they determined that there were three main characteristics that were involved in the communication process. And one was body language. Number two was tone. And the third one was words. And then I learned, reading on, it said that one of them was worth 55% of the communication process. 55%. And I always ask people, what would you guess? And based on my conversation with Lisa in the hallway, I, it was easy for me to guess that it was body language. I was sending the message that, sending the message that uh, I was not very happy at the moment. And, but I said, I'm really great. And she said, well, why don't you make your face send that message? 38% tone, only 6% words. It's not, as my mother said, jury, it's not what you said. It's how you said it. I keep that in mind, and I have fun uh, talking about that, explaining that, how important it is, especially if you're in the sales uh, arena, uh, expressing it to somebody else. And as a leader to the people that you lead, how are you communicating with them and how important all of this is, and to be aware, in touch with yourself about what is my face doing? What tone am I using? What words am I sharing with them when I say it? I'm great. I got a scowl on my face. So it sounds to me, Jerry, like what you're saying is if you're trying to communicate to someone and the most important part that you want to convey is your words, which I would assume in your, in your statistics that you just brought up that words are the least important element of communication, right? Mm -hmm. But I would imagine most people put emphasis on that. Yes. So to me, that says email, text. If you want someone to focus on your words, make the words the focal point, especially if you're going on vacation. If you have to leave instructions for someone, you definitely don't want to walk to them and go, oh, by the way, I need you to make sure that the papers get out and you're going to have to deliver them Monday. Bye. That's not going to do the job. So what I would do is I would A, sit them down and say, Here's what you need to do with all the proper body language. Make sure I'm approaching them on their level. And then I'm going to follow it up 
with a summary email to make sure they have written instructions. And then I'm probably, just because I am the way I am, I'm going to talk to them at some point during the vacation to say, how are things going? To me, it's good communication. That's to make sure that everybody has what they need when I leave. And I always make it known that if, and it's going to be different this year, and it's going to be very difficult for me this year because I'm not going to have a cell phone. I'm going to have internet access at night. So if something happens during the day or the day before and they can't reach me, they'll have to solve the problem themselves. We can. You can. We can do that. Yeah, I hope so. That's that's enough, But that's a whole different kettle of fish we're going to get into is whether you've made a good hire, you have the right people on the bus. If you do those things, then it's not going to be an issue. But I guarantee you a lot of people listening to this podcast would still be in the same position we are going, oh, man, I hope that they they know that they need to do X. I hope that they remembered that when they're talking to so-and-so that they do Y. When we went to the Entree Leadership not too long ago, Dave Ramsey talked about you have to teach your team members how to solve their own problems. Yes. He said, when someone comes, they say, I have, I have this problem. Say, how would you solve it? Take 15 minutes, give me three solutions, come back. They come back, you go, okay. I would do number two because of this. Go do it. Problem arise, a different problem arises. They come to you with the suggestions this time. You say, which one would you do? And they say, well, I would do number one because blah, blah, blah. And you go, okay, that's great. Or I would do number three because da, da, da. Go do it. Third time, we got a problem. Here are my three suggestions. I would do number two. Yeah, I'd do number two too. Good. Go do it. And then finally, the fourth time, they're going to walk past your door and go, we had a problem, but I took care of it. The problem of problem solving is solved. If you have the right people and you're communicating effectively, no matter what the problem is, whether you're in the office or you're on a beach somewhere, the problem will get solved. And I think we have to, in the spirit of communication, teach people how to solve these problems so that we're gone. We're not sitting there fretting, worrying. We can fully disconnect. Luckily, I have a good team and I have a small team, so it's easy to manage. But it's still on me, like I said, to communicate to them what they're going to need while I'm gone, my expectations of them while I'm gone, and make sure they have all the resources available to them to do what I'm asking them to do. And that's a big one because I think a lot of people just assume that they have the resources at their disposal or know about them. I would want one other thing from you. I'd want you to tell me you trust me to do the right thing. Ah, that's a good point. I'd want you to give me the give me your confidence, your trust in me. Uh, you want me I'll to sell out, you? Sell me, if you will, uh, on the fact that you're sold that Jerry can handle the problem and make it make it right. Anyway, the, the world's not going to come to an end. It's they're not as ever as big these. these uh, problems, if you will, or decisions that have to be made, they're not ever as big as we make them out to be, I don't think. I think the most important thing that I learned, and this was late in my uh, career, when I, when I read this article and, and thought about the, the communication process, is 
the biggest thing is that I'm aware of the process. I'm aware of everything I do, whatever my face is doing, because people tell me uh, that I, ha I'm not, I have that kind of a face that goes kind of stoic and you can't read me very well, uh, or I make a funny looking face at them and they don't know how to interpret it, but that it is important what I'm doing with my face. And it's important about what words I'm choosing. And that's the other thing is, is to be aware that you're choosing all of these things and how are you going to say it? And it makes all the difference in the world how you uh, express yourself. Personally, professionally and personally, almost every problem was a communication problem, was a breakdown, if you will, in the communication process. That back again to the person saying, I didn't hear you tell me that. I didn't know that. What do you mean? Especially kids. Well, you're right about problems. Every problem I've had, especially lately, I've realized it's, it's and I'm sure that I can go back and figure out every problem I've had in the workplace. But lately it's been driven home that it's all communication. Mm -hmm. I think if I just told them to be prepared for this, if I just told them that I expected this, then the problem would have never arisen. It's very rarely that we have act of God accidents or um, forces outside of our control accidents or problems. Communication is, is it's crucial day to day, but in, when you're not in the office and you're not there to communicate one-on-one, -on -one, it's even more crucial. The thing that, that, um, that strikes me is the people listening to this, if they want to grow as, as leaders, especially leaders, managers, another subject, but lead, if they want to be a better leader, be a better communicator and be aware of what is involved in the communication process and watch the other person uh, too and be aware of what's going on and what you're trying to say and even ask the person, uh, can, what, what did I say? What, did I, what am I recommending to you to do? And get them to feed it back. You'd be surprised how many people will feed it back and you're going, what? I didn't say that. And approach them on their level. Talk to them on their level. Make sure that you can reach them where they can understand you. There you go. That will do it for this episode of the BizTools podcast. We hope you have found the information today to be useful in your business. If you have any questions at all, please post them in the comments section of the show notes. We'll do our best to answer them. The show notes for this and all of the episodes are available at biztoolspodcast.com. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. We'd love for you to rate our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher so that more people will know about it. You can do that at www.biztoolspodcast.com forward slash iTunes or at biztoolspodcast.com Stitcher. We really would appreciate the feedback. So until next time, remember, as David was here, Applied knowledge is power. Be the leader you were always meant to be. So long, everybody.